0: Catholic commentary, spiritual warfare. Stay ready, so you don't have to get ready. Jesus nine
1: one one. Good morning, Jesus nine one one. Virgin Most Powerful Radio. My name is Ruben Nava. I'm a one man car today. My partner Jesse is uh, is out. Uh, obviously. Ah, uh, Jesse. He puts a lot of time in going across the country, and and uh, so just keep him in your prayers. Uh, I'm sure he's doing apostolic work. And we are uh, here today to talk about Pentecost. But uh, before we do that, and uh, before we do that, I, it it came to my attention that there was a, a new a California bill that's going to no longer require schools to report bad student behavior to police. And this just uh, got my got my goat here. This is really uh, upsetting to me. Um, and this is in in the, in the light of the recent tragedy at Texas Robb Elementary School. The Cal, a California state senator, Stephen Bradford, put out a bill, SB 1273, and this bill would take the mandatory requirement for schools to report any violent threat to the law enforcement away from schools, meaning schools don't have to report these violent threats to law enforcement. So you get a kid that's acting up. The guy's, you know, maybe he's putting things out on social media. He's threatening violence. You no longer have to report that to the police. You would think that's what who you want to report it to, to prevent this guy from coming back and uh, doing what what they did in Texas. So it removes that that mandatory notification to law enforcement. And uh, there was a, a Senator Melissa Melendez. She had thoughts on the passing of the bill that eliminates the 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 mandatory reporting. She says, "I can't believe that just two days after the heartbreaking events in Texas, the state Senate would pass a measure making our children less safe at school." Said Melendez. Uh, and when you go to the the author of the bill, Stephen Bradford, he 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 clearly stated he wanted to make school comfortable for the students and not be fearful of threats. So what he's saying is is the the police being in there would be a threat, would be it would cause fear in the children. Are you kidding me? It's so when you, the left tries to tell you they care about children, you know, point to something like this and say, no, they don't, because there's ways to make our schools safer. And this is not one of them. In fact, this this actually makes it unsafe. So, you know, uh, let's uh, we got to pray for for our nation and, and California. You continue to vote these people in the office and it, it, ne- it doesn't cease to amaze me it just how we uh, we got to this point, but it's, it's the voters, you know, and uh, you're buying a lot of that stuff that the, that are the politicians are feeding you. And uh, so shame on you. So let's talk about Pentecost. This Sunday is uh, the feast of Pentecost. So what is Pentecost? You know, what does that, what's that word even mean? It's, uh, it's also called wit Sunday. And I'll talk about that. It's a, it's, it's taken from the Greek Pentecoste which is which means 50th day it's a major festival in the Catholic Church it sells celebrates uh it's the 50th day after Easter it commemorates the 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 sin of the Holy Spirit on the apostles and other disciples and I'm sure the Blessed Mother although it's not written in scripture but tradition tells us that uh Our Lady was there why wouldn't she be she's the Ark of the Covenant didn't they take the Ark wherever they went in the Old Testament and uh so Our Lady was was with them and um it also uh it, it, this was after the you know, obviously the crucifixion resurrection and ascension of, of jesus christ and uh you can read it we can read about it in acts chapter two and it marks the beginning of, of the christian of the catholic church's mission to the world and you know you would be asking well what where did we get this you know where do we get this this idea of of, of 50 days and it's, it's taken from the Jewish feast of Pentecost. The Shavuot, Shavuot was primarily a thanksgiving for the first fruits of wheat harvest, but it was later associated with a remembrance of the law given by God to Moses on my, Mount Sinai. The church's um, transformation of the Jewish feast to a, to, a, to a Catholic festival was thus related to the belief that the gift of the Holy Spirit to the followers of Jesus was the first fruits of a new dispensation that fulfilled and succeeded the old dispensation of the law so so anyway when the first feast was celebrated in the catholic church it's not not really known but it was mentioned in the work from the eastern church in the epistola apostolorum in the 2nd century and it was also mentioned in the 3rd century by origen a theologian and head of the catechetical school in alexandria and by tertullian catholic priest and writer of carthage i'll 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 make a couple of i'll read a couple of their comments on it so uh later so you can uh, hear what they had to say about pentecost so in the early church uh the catholics often referred to the entire 50-day period beginning with easter as pentecost and baptism was administered both at the beginning in easter and at the end the day of pentecost of the, the paschal season eventually pentecost became a more popular time for baptism than easter in northern europe and in england the feast was commonly called white sunday so we get the word whit sunday for the special white garments worn by the newly baptized i had always wondered that and uh there's your answer why we call it whit sunday in the first, uh, anyway, um, in, in Catholic and other Western churches, priests often wear red vestments during Pentecost to symbolize the tongues of fire that descended on the disciples from the Holy Spirit. Members of the congregation are also encouraged to wear red, and uh, the altar is commonly dressed in red frontal cloth. It's uh, it's a quite a feast. Uh, you know, between, between the Ascension Thursday and Pentecost Sunday, many Catholics... Uh, are praying the novena to the Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost. Uh, The apostles and the Blessed Virgin Mary spent nine days in prayer. Remember that. They spent nine days in prayer waiting for the fulfillment of Christ's promise to send His Spirit. Um, This was the origin of the novena uh, or nine-day prayer that became one of the most popular forms of of Christian intercessory prayer, asking God for something. And uh, there's novena to everything. Novena to this saint or that saint and you know, this feast day or that feast day. And so, uh, that's where we get it. And so from the earliest days of the church, the period between Ascension and Pentecost has been celebrated by praying this novena, to the Holy ghost, asking God, the father, to send his spirit and to grant us the gifts and the fruits of the Holy spirit. And, uh, so what are the seven gifts of the Holy spirit? Those are wisdom, understanding, counsel, fortitude knowledge piety and fear of the lord don't forget the fear of the lord that's an important one uh we have a society today has no fear of the lord when you you see these these leftists that are screaming for my right to kill a baby uh they they have no fear of the lord obviously they're gonna they are going to their judgment and uh they'll be fearing at that day on that day let's let's be honest so how long is Pentecost season in the Catholic Church? Well, the, in the extraordinary form uh, of the Roman Rite, um, the TLM, traditional Latin Mass, um, it has an eight-day octave of Pentecost. It's followed by Sundays after Pentecost. So you won't be hearing uh, ordinary time. This is the Sundays after Pentecost. That, and that goes on through t- to the, uh, in the end of the liturgical year. So the liturgical year year goes all the way till... Um, so, uh, Advent. So that's when we start again. Anyway, uh, in Acts chapter two, that's that's what we we hear about this. And um, so on the when the day of Pentecost arrived, uh, they were all assembled together in one place. And uh, this is what it says: Suddenly, there came from heaven a sound similar to that of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house in which they were sitting. Then there appeared to them tongues of fire, which separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in different languages as the Spirit enabled them to do so. Now staying in Jerusalem, there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven. At this sound, a large crowd of them gathered, and they were bewildered because each one heard them speaking in his own language. They were astounded and asked in amazement, Are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? How is it that each of us hears them in his own native tongue? Parthians, Medes, Lamanites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the districts of Libya around Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes. Cretans and Arabs, we hear them speaking in our own languages about the the mighty deeds of God. And they were all astounded and perplexed, and they said to one another, "What does all this mean?" However, others said mockingly, "They are filled with new wine." So they're thinking these these apostles uh, are drunk. So Peter he preaches in the name of the twelve. So he comes out. Peter, who is our first pope, he's uh, uh, he's that's understood. He's the leader of the church. Then Peter stood up with the eleven and proclaimed, remember eleven because Judas had hung himself, and uh, proclaimed to them in a loud voice, Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen carefully to my words. These men are not drunk as you suppose it. It is only nine o'clock in the morning. Well, let's (laughs) say back in the day in East L.A., I I, I came across many a folk drunk at nine o'clock in the morning let believe me uh rather this is what was revealed to the prophet joel so so here peter's he's going to quote from uh from the prophet joel and it, and it says it will come to pass in the last days ah i'll hear the music so i'm going to hold this one so we will read what he what he quotes from joel when we get back and we're going to continue on the next segment uh finishing up on pentecost we will be right back don't change that dial I bless
0: Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888 526
1: Jesus nine one one. I'm a, a king car today, a one man car. I'm on soul patrol without Jesse, and uh, you know Jesse's uh, back at the station, and I'm out there uh, handling the calls. So what we're talking about is Pentecost. Uh, this Sunday is the feast of Pentecost. It's the birthday of our church, and uh, so you, so you really have two two birthdays. You know your your actual birth, and then as a uh, as a member of the church we're the body we are the body of christ so you have a second birthday with the birth of the church so we're we're talking about uh the book of acts here where peter's um the people the, the apostles are they're speaking in tongues and um speaking in different different languages and uh some of the people are amazed to, to hear this they then they suppose that maybe these apostles have been drinking. They've been hitting the, hitting the bottle, you know. And uh, so here, um, Peter's he's quoting the prophet Joel. He says, It will come to pass in the last days, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophecy. Your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Indeed, even upon my servants and my handmaids, I shall pour out my spirit in those days. And they shall prophecy and I will show portents in the sky above and signs in the earth below blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned into darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes that great and glorious day. Then it will come to pass that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And, uh, you know, some of our separated brother, they hear that, they hear that that last verse there and they, uh, they take it out of context and uh, there's other verses that are requirements to be saved. And, uh, so it's not just calling on the name of the Lord, but you, you know, we have baptism, we have, you know, the Eucharist. So, uh, that's a topic for another day. Um, but yeah, just, just to know that we can call on the Lord and, uh, we have a hope that uh, we will be saved. Um, so then Peter goes on, and in verse 37, he says, When they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and to the other apostles, What are we to do, brethren? Peter answered, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus, so that your sins may be forgiven, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise that was made is for you, for your children, and for all those who are far away, and all those whom the Lord our God will call. And in this first community, uh, Peter, he, he offered further testimony with many other arguments and he exhorted them saying, save yourself from this corrupt generation. We've heard that before, right? Save yourself from this corrupt generation. Uh, I, our generation today is probably the most corrupt generation. Um, I can't imagine uh, it being worse with all the technology and the science that we have today and for the things that are going on in this world. Uh It's it's just it's totally corrupt and we have everything we we deserve everything that uh, that the Lord is going to bring us in his justice Um, just you know we pray to our our lady that uh, she would withhold the the hand give us some time to repent and um, and let's hope our hearts would be moved so that we will come to the knowledge of the truth and so it goes on to say those who accepted his message were baptized. And on that day, about 3000 people were added to their number. They uh, devoted themselves to the teaching of the apostles and to the communal fellowship, to the breaking of the bread and to prayers. And that's women and children too. Okay. So it's not just, it's not just adults. So anyone who tells you, well, why, why are you Catholics, you know, baptize kids? Well, they baptized them in the back in the day. So, why wouldn't you want them baptized? And um, so the word paraclete, you know, Jesus talks about the paraclete and uh, he's referring to the Holy Spirit. And it just, para just means beside. And cleat in Greek means, uh, comes from the, the Greek word, I believe it's kalion. Uh, it means to call. So basically paraclete means uh, to call beside. So, like an uh an advocate, an advocate like an like your attorney, you know you're standing in court, you know, after you done messed up and uh broke the law, you have an attorney there with you in court, he's your advocate, okay, standing next to you, okay, and uh it also means counselor means helper, means comforter, and in various translations of of this verse where, where Jesus says he's gonna send the paraclete, it uses all those words um. Uh, the um, the Dewey Reams, the one I I read says Paraclete, but in other translations it says Advocate. It says Counselor. I've seen it say Comforter and, so, and Helper. So, but what does Jesus say about the Paraclete? And um, he's he, in in John fourteen sixteen, Jesus says another Paraclete will come to help his disciples, implying that Jesus is the first. And the primary Paraclete, and in First John two one, Jesus Himself is called Paraclete. Okay, so, um, so why did Jesus promise the Paraclete? Jesus promised to send the Paraclete to the church upon His death and resurrection, to take His place alongside the church. So Jesus's presence, it, it will, it's going to continue, and in, in, in the church through the through the presence of the Paraclete and the paraclete it's it's a, he's a real person it's a real person not an ethereal uh, feeling or emotion among the church okay it's you know there's three persons uh in the the holy trinity they all they're all distinct uh, they're all equal and uh so that that paraclete is it, it helped the, the apostles start up the church and continues with them and uh we believe as catholics that it protects the uh the church from teaching error or jesus said in, in matthew 16 the gates of hell will not prevail against my church and so and um he was going to lead us into all truth well this is this is where we get this idea of infallibility uh not impeccability you know our, our popes and bishops and, and and cardinals are certainly not impeccable but uh in terms of the the teaching of the church, the the uh, official teaching. Now, as a private theologian, if, if one of them goes off the rails, as has been known to do, especially lately, uh, <laughs> that's not that's not infallibility. Okay, so uh, so John in John sixteen seven. This is what it says in John sixteen seven. But I tell you the truth, it is expedient to you that I go. For if I go not, the paraclete will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. So so Jesus is telling the apostles, I got to go. You know, they're worried because, oh, I'm not going to see you. And Jesus says, you know, uh, in a little while you won't see me. Then in a little while you will see me. And they're like, what the heck is he talking about? But uh, he's going to send them the paraclete. And then uh, a couple verses down in, in John 16, 13 and 14 he says, but when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. So is when the spirit came, it enlightened the, the apostles, and uh, it allowed them to, to teach truth, to go into all parts of the world on fire. And they didn't go out alone. They, they went out two by two. So those of you... Um, you know who who uh, want to live on an island. It's not what uh, it's not what God calls us to do. We're supposed to be in community. We're supposed to be in fellowship. We're supposed to be accountable to one another, and that's what you do. You you surround yourself around people of like values and and of like mind and and l- encourage one another, lift each other up, be a mentor to to one another, and um, so he will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. That's what Jesus says about the paraclete to the apostles. Uh, So, so what did the early church fathers say? I'll I'll, I'll probably quote a a couple of them here. uh, What they say about Pentecost, Uh, St. Gregory of Nazianzen on his oration on Pentecost, he says, but as the old confusion of tongues was laudable, this is good. Okay. Listen to this. When men were of, one language in wickedness and impiety, even as some now venture to be, were building the tower. So he's talking about the Tower of Babel. For by the confusion of their language, the unity of their intention was broken up and their undertaking destroyed. So much more worthy of praise is the present miraculous one. For being poured from one spirit upon many men, it brings them again into harmony. And there is a diversity of gifts, which stands in need of yet another God to discern, or gift to discern which is the best, where all are praiseworthy. So I like that, you know, it's undoing what the Tower of Babel did to those people who were uh, wicked, and and impious, and and this this brings them into unity because now they're they're all able to communicate. And so it's not, a, it's confusion. You know, God's not the God of confusion. That's that's the evil one. So St. Simeon, the new theologian uh, from Practical and Theological Precepts, he says, What is the aim of the incarnate dispensation of God's word preached in all the holy scriptures, but which we who read them do not know? The only aim is that having entered into what is our own, we should participate in what is his. The Son of God has become the Son of Man in order to make us men sons of God. Did you catch that? I think Saint, uh, Scott Hahn was uh, known to say this. The Son of God has become the son of, son of Man in order for to make us men sons of God. Raising our race by grace is to what He is Himself by nature, granting us birth from above through the grace of the Holy Spirit and leading us straightway to the kingdom of heaven or rather... Granting us this kingdom of heaven within us, that's from Luke uh, seventeen twenty one. He's quoting, in order that we should not merely be fed by the hope of entering, it, but entering into full possession thereof, should cry, our life is hid with Christ in God, Colossians three three. And one of my favorite early church fathers, John Chrysostom, he says, was it upon the twelve that the Holy Spirit came. Not so, but upon the hundred and twenty. So, for Peter, would not have been would not have quoted to no purpose the testimony of the prophet, saying, "And it shall come to pass in the last days," saith the Lord God, "I will pour out my spirit upon the flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophecy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall see dreams." Uh, I quoted that from Joel. Uh, Peter quoted that from Joel two twenty-eight, which I read, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. For that the effect may not be to frighten only therefore it is both with the holy spirit and with fire and begin to speak with the other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance so uh anyway uh so just remember we have a a, a feast day this sunday and it's the end of, of easter tide okay so remember as catholics we're supposed to go to confession minimum once a year during Easter tide, and uh, and receive Holy Communion between you know Ash Wednesday and Whit Sunday, which is this Sunday. Okay, coming up we have a guest, uh, Judy Gutierrez will be joining us.
0: Now back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151.
1: Uh, okay, Jesus nine one one. We are back, and uh, we have a, a special guest. Judy Gutierrez is joining us from the Good Shepherd Academy oh, over sorry. in Ontario, California. Welcome to the show, Judy.
2: Hello, my friend. How are you, Ruben?
1: Very well. Very good I'm to del- see you again. Good to see you. We've had Judy on before. She was uh, uh, the administrator for the Good Shepherd Academy, and it's a, it's a new um, school. It's 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 only been this year that it has been in, in existence and uh it's it's gone well um as to be expected um uh, uh, just starting off you know just like uh what we were talking about in the last segment the were problems in the early church and there's gonna be problems in any endeavor and we start up um whether it be a company whether it be a school so judy tell us about uh where the school is at now and um you know what 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 is some of your um some of your takeaways from this this school year, which is going to end in, uh, I guess it's next week, is the last uh, last week.
2: That's right. We'll have finals, and then we'll have our closing ceremonies on uh, June sixteenth. So I have a lot of really good news actually to share today with you, Ruben. Awesome. Thank you for having me on. And um, as always, are we all prayed up? I'd like to begin with prayer.
1: Yeah. Well, well, let's just say a prayer then. Let's. Uh,
2: I have a. Um, go ahead. Based on your last segment, um, the Holy Spirit, prayer to the Holy Spirit, if I could.
1: Yes, let's do it.
2: In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send Support forth your, your spirit, spirit and they shall be created. And, and you shall renew the face of the earth. earth. O oh God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit, did instruct the the hearts of
1: the the faithful,
2: grant that by that same
1: Holy Spirit,
2: Spirit, we may be truly wise and ever
1: rejoice
2: in his consolation. consolation. Through Christ our our Lord. Lord. Amen.
1: Amen. That was was the same prayer I was going to say.
2: Oh, okay. (laughs) See, like-minded. You just talked about that, and here we are. Well, um, let me bring your... um, audience up to date with what we've been up to this past year. Um, we opened our doors to the Good Shepherd Academy in on the Blessed Mother's birthday, September 8th, um, 2021. We opened our doors to 12 students. And of course, that is a remarkable number for us because uh, Christ started his church with 12. That's right. and We have started our school with 12. We have grown to about 20 this first year. Wow. Um, We have been um, renting space in a parish hall in uh, Guasti, and um, our student body, as planned, is growing, and we are growing our program. And so in September, um, in the fall, we will be moving to a new location. We will have a new site. Actually, we're moving over the summer, Um, and that will be in the city of Pomona, which is in Southern California. And we will be leasing um, classrooms at the uh, St. Paul's Lutheran church. They have several empty classrooms that were just kind of waiting for us to come in and renovate and open our doors in the fall to um, our growing student body. Yeah. So that's, that's really exciting.
1: So it's, uh, it's in proximity to the a Catholic church Do you want to speak on that.
2: Yes, absolutely. Even though we are on um, a Lutheran, church grounds we are three blocks away from a catholic church called st madeline's which is also in pomona Mm
1: -hmm.
2: and uh the pastor there has warmly welcomed us and will uh, has invited us to attend daily mass there which is part of central part of our mission Mm -hmm. daily mass um he also brings out the blessed sacrament every day for for public adoration Um, which is really such a special gift. And so he has invited our school, our children, our students and parents and faculty to remain after mass and continue in adoration oh, for you know, 10, 15 minutes each morning.
1: Yeah, Judy, I've always said that. You show me a parish that has frequent adoration and frequent confessions, and I'll show you a vibrant parish.
2: And that it is, mm-hmm. and that it is. And that's why, even though we're on <clears throat> Lutheran grounds, um, it is a blessing because um, we are so close to Christ in the Blessed Sacrament, just a few blocks over, right. and we begin each and every day in daily Mass and before our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament, right. and uh, before we even begin to tackle the academics.
1: Yeah, and I'll just uh, mention to the audience that the site of St. Madeline's was supposed to be the original site, and uh the correct. powers to be had uh, had uh, put a kibosh to that um, at the beginning of the school year, so it's not like uh, your first goal was to to be on uh, Lutheran grounds, but um, correct it, it, because this this is a para, This this school is a private Catholic school, and so it um, the the diocese doesn't have any say so in who you hire and the teachers and the curriculum that you're going to bring, which is p- probably a good thing considering what, what, where the, the state of uh, our Catholic schools are in.
2: Correct. all correct. Um, yes. Initially we were um, had planned to open up at St. Madeline um, parochial school, which had been closed uh, due to falling enrollment. And I think COVID put the, the final nails in that coffin, mm-hmm. um, but we wanted to resurrect it and um, enliven it with our mission and our curriculum and, um, Families that were seeking a classical approach to education, to Catholic education, which is what we, we provide, and um, but but because we are not yet officially recognized um, by the diocese um, as a, a official Catholic school under their umbrella, um, they have a very uh, you know they have a wait and see approach. So we are presenting with them. We want to remain independent, but we want them to also walk alongside us sure. because we want to be able to access the sacraments and be able to have, um, like I said, daily mass, which is a central tenet to our mission.
1: Awesome. So, uh, so yes. we're,
2: we're, we're working in partnership, trying to develop a relationship that will serve both uh, Diocese and ourselves.
1: That's great. And so it's not inconceivable that it could happen at a later date that you could you actually use that school. You know
2: that that's that's our prayer because um it's a school that's empty, yeah, and it shouldn't be um and it's on sacred grounds and and we should be yeah so um you know it's a great marriage if we could just you know yeah get the two parties together to agree to um some some parameters
1: so so judy uh is it would you i mean i'm uh i know you're you're very modest, but tell us your your background because I know that you have some experience in starting up school, so. Tell us where your your background originated in terms of the schools okay mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> thank you, Ruben. Um let's see <clears throat> It was in uh, the year twenty twenty which was the jubilee year um, so myself, my husband, and a few of our kids traveled to Rome to um to, you know to enjoy the jubilee and uh Pope John paul was um the Pope at that point. And, um, I remember there was a general audience that we attended in the YouTube,
1: right? 2000, not 2020.
2: I'm sorry, 2000. Did I say 2020? Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. 2000, 20 years ago, 21 years ago. Um, great Jubilee year. So uh, it was a great festival time in Rome, and, and the Pope made himself available, lots of different talks and general assemblies that we attended. And there was one in particular that really struck, I mean, just struck by heart. And what he said, John Paul, Pope John Paul said, essentially, <laughs> yeah. what will you do to impact the culture for Christ? What will you do for him? And I remember sitting there, I had an infant at the time in my arms who's now 22, and some of my other children and my husband. And and I thought, did, did you all hear that? Like, what, you know, but it, it hit me like, okay, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so when I got home, at the time I was homeschooling, when I got home, I talked to some friends, and we decided to, you know, the state of Catholic education 22, 21 years ago mm-hmm. left a lot. Um, uh, to be desired
1: Correct.
2: Um, in terms of really offering just authentic, traditional Catholic education. And, um, you know, we just put our heads together, our money together, and we um, opened up St. Monica Academy, which is now flourishing. Where's uh, that? With, you in want rural- to it's in, I'm sorry, it's in Montrose. We started in Pasadena, okay. California, and then uh, about six years ago, um, moved to Montrose, California, um, taking over a school another uh, another parochial school that had again lost its enrollment and was going to be left empty mm-hmm. and so at that time um, St Monica was given the green light to go in and lease those those classrooms and so they're there as we as we speak today their enrollment is they're flourishing the the students are amazing they're getting into You know, Ivy League schools and top notch colleges. And um,
1: I would mention too that Terry Barber's children went there, correct?
2: Terry Barber's children, right, were there at the very beginning when we first started. And um, so it was a very long standing history of success and perseverance in the faith. Mm. Um, You know, they're just, again, being married to the mission of providing classical, authentic Catholic education and really forming students in faith, reason, and virtue has been their mission from the beginning to today. And the fruit is there for everyone to see. Yeah. And yes. so because of that, um, a few mothers from the Inland Empire were driving every day to St. Monica. Wow. And they decided, um, you know, we need to have something in the in- Inland Empire. And so they just asked me to help them because, you know, I was from the beginning at Saint Monica, <laughs> behind the scenes, mm-hmm. um, really seeing how to put a school together—not um, easy and actually extremely difficult—but again, the reward—the reward is there. That's great. so. Um, so then, that kind of gave a pathway to the Good Shepherd Academy being born, mm-hmm. and uh, and here we are today. We're entering our—we're going to be closing out our first year mm-hmm. and uh, opening up our second year. Uh, again, starting on the birthday of the Blessed Mother. Yes. September 8th, 2022. And what our school calendar is dictated by the Blessed Mother's birthday in September. And then we close up shop in June on the Feast of Corpus Christi.
1: Very well. Very good. Okay, well, I hear the music. So we're coming up on our okay. third break. So we're going to pick this up on the other side of the break. And we're going to continue talking to Judy about uh, what is a classic, classical education and um And what what's gonna happen? What's happening with the school today?
0: Be right back. Don't change the dial. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151.
1: Jesus 911. Where iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens another. Uh, we're speaking with Judy Gutierrez from the Good Shepherd Academy, out in uh, it's Ontario, California. Uh, the parish that that uh, the school is currently residing in is San Segundo de Asti, and that's right by the Ontario Airport. And uh, in fact, when I leave today, I go and teach a, a class there uh, once a week. Um, so,
2: <laughs> yes, yes, Ruben. Thank you. Ruben's been our, uh, one of our many knights in shining armor. He has, he stepped up and he is, uh, teaching a high school theology class for us on Thursdays. So, so grateful. And then kids are just so grateful too, because it's, um, the stories and your knowledge just, you know, makes the class come alive for them. So
1: thank you. But for that. I, I, I think about, uh, when I was in school and, and we had a substitute teacher and, boy we would we would give them we would give them heck, you know, so well,
2: no, I think you're actually the highlight of their week, so I think uh' oh, I don't know you're okay that. there
1: okay, so um so Judy, so yes. I've been reading that there are a lot of um private schools that are starting up, is that your understanding too, because of we covid and and all the nonsense that's going on that that they're teaching in public schools
2: well what I've also been reading is there's been a real um um, surge in classical academies coming to life, and I think um, parents i think covid exact, uh you 're right it i think it brought a certain clarity to parents as to what their children are being exposed to what they 're learning yeah. and and i guess more precisely what they 're not learning in terms of uh their catholic faith yeah. um, and so uh, the classical mode of education is vastly different than uh the modern approach to how
1: education. so how so let's let 's tell so,
2: OK, so so the classical approach to education is to really immerse the student in beautiful literature, essentially exposing them to, um, you know, the great minds of uh, Western civilization, which is which is our heritage, yeah. our, our Christian heritage as well. And so we really want to, um, it, again, there is an immer- immersion in what is beautiful, what is true and what is good. And it's a it's it's a coming together to help build. We start with wonder and helping the students just be exposed to, again, the true, the good and the beautiful. Mm -hmm. And then as they grow, um, uh, the mode of education, the mode of um, exploring the different subjects um, grows as well, according to their um, their uh, level of development intellectual development and so we end up in high school in in hopefully wisdom so it's a blending of wisdom and virtue is actually i I would say the goal of a classical education so 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 what i guess if you could distill it down it really comes it comes down to um helping them to learn how to think not what to think Mm -hmm. learning what to do not how to do which is the progressive approach, the modern approach to education, which has a very different, they're more information delivery systems. Like they're just jamming information in their head only to regurgitate it out for yeah. tests and like what you mem-
1: Just like memorization, right? That,
2: that... Right, right. We, we want more of a, um, an exposure and an experience with all that is, you know, all the beauty, all the beauty that has been written and thought in, you know, Western civilization. Um, So it's a much different approach. And I invite parents to come and sit in on our classes to come take a look at how this gets unfolded throughout our curriculum. And that's precious to us. And that's why we don't want, we want to maintain our independence. If that means becoming part of another system, a diocesan system, we would have to give that up. Right. Um, And that's the influx of all these little schools have been popping up across the country. They're, yeah. Okay. They're uh, seeking that.
1: And so... um... Now you you I you mentioned to me that um, this coming year you're going to incorporate a type of uh, or bring some homeschoolers in. Can you yes?
2: So so we so the Good Shepherd Academy is um, is a Monday through Thursday traditional brick and mortar school. Mm-hmm. Um, you know we start with mass we end at, th- at eight o'clock mass and then we end at three p.m. Um, reciting the Chaplet of Divine Mercy and it's just a beautiful day. But we have those in our community who have decided to remain as um, providing home education to their children, which is beautiful and that's their vocation and we're here to support that. Um, As you said in your other earlier segment, it really is about building a Catholic community with like-minded parents to really come together, we can support each other. Um, So on Fridays at our new new campus, it'll be um, Homeschool Academy Day, so we will provide core courses. Um, to supplement what the parent is doing in the home and it gives their student an opportunity to be on campus with with their peers Um, it's the same teachers that we employ at the Good Shepherd Academy so they're all beautifully practicing Catholic um, teachers and uh, and and we vouch for um, for them Um, and so Friday is homeschool day Um, and we're, so we'll provide those core courses again, that just will help the parents take that off their plate at home and, um, give their student an opportunity to grow.
1: That's great because I think one of the criticisms of people who homeschool say, well, your children never get socialized. You know, they don't, they don't learn how to interact with others because they're not around, you know, their peers. And so, Mm -hmm.
2: so this would give them that opportunity. Yeah as well as these incredible parents who are just, you know, uh, faithful and and heroic in my book. And, uh, they give life to our community as well.
1: Okay. So, um, how, if parents were interested in learning more about, uh, your school parents that are in the area. So,
2: yes, we are now enrolling and, um, we really want to see our numbers increase because we have this big, beautiful school site now that we, um, have to fill the classrooms. So they can go directly to our website, which is www.thegoodshepherdacademy.org. It's all spelled out. And um, there's also our email. You can email us at any time uh, for any kind of personal questions you may have. Um, And and that email is thegoodshepherdacademyinfo at gmail.com. And I can tell you, um, I can tell you, Ruben, and, and your in your audience, is that this is a very exciting time for us because, um, you know, this opening the school and building the school has really been an act of faith, hope, and love of souls, and we are energized each and every day by knowing we are following the true good shepherd. Mm-hmm. And most people would say, what are you doing? You're crazy. You should be retiring. Yeah. There's a green pasture somewhere for you. Yeah. Um, and yet, you know, it's so such a challenge. We we face many challenges, but we also know that it is he who calls us and it is his voice that we follow.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, it's often been said that, you know, for, from successful people, um, you know, see what the masses are doing, and then go the opposite direction. Yes. You know, there's always going to be those naysayers that are going to want to shoot you down. Who, you know, they they say, "Oh, it can't work." Well, what do you know about you know doing this or that? And and right, yeah. right. And so you are operating on on faith and and um, trusting in in the in the Lord. Now, I'll just tell you that the 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 cost. i tell the audience that the cost of the this renting this school is going to be considerably higher, I mean, much higher than where they're at now. And so it's, you're, you're operating on faith there that the Lord will provide. And so if people wanted to donate, let's say they don't have any children in school, but they see this as a worthwhile cause as I do. And that's the reason I I wanted to have you on the, on the show, because I believe in, in our children. I believe in, in the, the, the classical education system. So how could somebody make a donation uh,
2: Thank you. Mm-hmm. I, I think, um, like I said, we face many challenges, and the one, the probably at this point, the greatest challenge we face is to uh, remain financially sustainable. Yeah. And because we we take subsidy from no one, um, not the diocese, not the government. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is it is us. It's the parents who are paying for for managing the school, and you know we want to be able to pr- keep our tuition costs down, so that we could be a school open to anyone of financial, whatever level of financial um, life they're they're at. Um, we want to be able to to pay our teachers a sustainable living wage, um, and and they're you know we're not able to do that yet. Um, so enrollment's really important. But if you don't have children to enroll, you can absolutely come alongside of us and be a monthly donor or a one time donor. But on our website again, thegoodshepherdacademy.org there's a donate button um or you can email us and we can send you if you rather if you prefer to send a check we can give you um the address and you can you can mail in a check um but we really need help uh, i ca- i can't stress that enough um there's a lot of really good catholic persons out there that are in a position that can help whether it's $20 a month or you know $20,000 yeah. we will put your money to good use yes um we we really need, we really need your help. And we really, um, like Mother Angelica used to say, put us in between your gas bill and your electric bill, you know, and every month, just, you know, write that check or send that yeah. donation. Even if it's $10 a month, we know you're standing with us. And that those, you know, talk about re- rejoicing in the consolations, those every little donation, we just, you know, get so excited, yeah. because it's a it's a, again, an affirmation from God to stay on the path, you're doing the right thing. Um, you know, build it and they will come is what is what we're kind of going by each day. We're thinking, okay, Lord, (laughs) our marching orders today are what? Um, And you're going to provide what for us today? So we he keeps us thirsty,
1: right? Well, that's
2: focused on him. Mm -hmm. And um, and and we're building a school as though we have, you know, our bank account is overflowing. and it's not. It's not.
1: That's that's the same approach uh, Mother Teresa took in Calcutta. You know, yeah. she would just trust that when they were out of food and and, and things of that nature. The, the
2: whole idea of He will provide is is our common prayer, and He will He has been. It's been well. Another segment at some point we'll, we'll we will recount all the miracles that we have seen. Wow. Okay. But it's really a coming together of um, standing shoulder to shoulder with other faithful Catholics who really want to see. God's school and this is God's school be built and run and um because we are definitely building the next generation of Catholics
1: amen and you know uh during during this uh this COVID period we did see a lot of schools were exposed and what their the curriculum um with the teachers and their mindset and, and it was just uh, despicable what uh, they're indoctrinating our children with so I applaud you Judy thank you so much for your thank you, faithfulness and help. Thank okay. you for standing with us. Thanks for being with us. You've been God, listening, bless you. God bless you, too. You've been listening to Jesus 911 on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Uh, if you like what you hear, hit the like button and, and share it. And um, stay tuned for Hands-On Apologetics with Gary masuta from the Midwest Command Center. And we are uh, out. We are 10-7 in the watch. God bless you. Keep okay. your faith.